Top 10. The Most Googled Medical Questions 2023. What You Need to Know In a world where our health takes center stage, we all have those burning questions about our well-being that keep us up at night. Whether you're a seasoned health enthusiast or just starting to dip your toes into the vast sea of healthcare knowledge, it's crucial to have reliable and trustworthy information at your fingertips. So, in this article, we're here to guide you through the top 10 most commonly asked medical questions, giving you the answers you need to make informed choices about your health. From decoding those mysterious symptoms occasionally to staying up to date with the latest medical breakthroughs, we aim to be your friendly, knowledgeable companion on your health journey. We'll help you separate fact from fiction, provide practical tips, and empower you to take charge of your well-being. Whether you're curious about managing chronic conditions, want to explore the exciting world of medical advancements, or need everyday health advice, consider this article your source of answers. Let's dive into the top 10 most asked medical questions together and ensure you have all the tools to put your health first. 1. How long is strep contagious? Streptococcal pharyngitis, more commonly known as strep throat, is a bacterial infection caused by group A streptococcus bacteria. It primarily affects the throat and tonsils, causing soreness, pain, and inflammation. Understanding how long strep throat is contagious and the mechanisms of its spread are critical for preventing transmission and managing outbreaks. This article provides an in-depth look at the contagion period of strep throat, the factors that affect it, and strategies for prevention and treatment. Before delving into the contagious nature of strep throat, it's essential to understand what it is. Strep throat is caused by the bacterium Streptococcus pyogenes, or group A Streptococcus. It is characterized by a sudden, severe sore throat, swallowing pain, fever, red and swollen tonsils, sometimes with white patches or streaks of pus, tiny red spots on the roof of the mouth, and swollen lymph nodes in the front of the neck. Contagious period of strep throat. The period during which strep throat is contagious typically starts when the individual first becomes ill or a few days before symptoms appear and continues until the infection is treated with antibiotics. Strep throat can be contagious for two to three weeks without antibiotic treatment. However, once antibiotic treatment begins, the contagious period reduces significantly. Before treatment, Individuals infected with strep bacteria are typically most contagious when they have active symptoms, especially in the early stages of the illness. They are most likely to spread the bacteria to others during this period. After treatment. After an individual begins antibiotic treatment, the contagious period reduces drastically. People usually are no longer contagious 24 to 48 hours after starting antibiotics if they have taken them as prescribed and if symptoms have improved. Factors Affecting Contagiousness Several factors can influence how long an individual with strep throat remains contagious. Individual differences in immune system strength can affect how quickly the body can fight off the infection. How well and quickly the person responds to antibiotics can vary based on the antibiotic's effectiveness and the individual's adherence to the treatment regimen. Different strains of group A streptococcus might have varying levels of virulence and contagiousness, Transmission of strep throat. Strep throat spreads through respiratory droplets when an infected person coughs or sneezes. It can also spread through shared food or drinks, or by touching a surface contaminated with the bacteria and then touching the mouth or nose. 
Understanding the transmission methods is crucial for preventing the spread of the infection. Diagnosis and treatment. Diagnosis typically involves a rapid strep test or a throat culture to confirm the presence of group A streptococcus bacteria. Once diagnosed, the primary treatment for strep throat is antibiotics, usually penicillin or amoxicillin. Completing the entire course of antibiotics is crucial, even if symptoms improve, to ensure all the bacteria are eradicated and to prevent complications. Preventing the spread of strep throat. Preventing the spread of strep throat involves several strategies. Isolation. Individuals with strep throat should stay home from work, school, or daycare until they're no longer contagious. Hygiene. Regular hand washing, especially after coughing or sneezing, can help prevent the spread of the bacteria. Avoid sharing. Avoid sharing eating utensils, dishes, and drinks with others. Covering mouth and nose. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue or elbow when coughing or sneezing. Complications of untreated strep throat. If left untreated, strep throat can lead to complications such as rheumatic fever, a serious condition affecting the heart, joints, nervous system, and skin. Other complications may include sinus infections, ear infections, and abscesses around the tonsils. In summary, strep throat is a common but potentially severe bacterial infection. It's typically most contagious before treatment and in the early stages of the illness. Antibiotic treatment significantly reduces the contagious period, usually making individuals non-contagious within 24 to 48 hours. Understanding the contagious period, transmission methods, and adherence to treatment and prevention strategies can significantly reduce the spread of strep throat and its impact on communities. If you suspect you have strep throat, consult a healthcare provider for a proper diagnosis and treatment plan. Always ensure good hygiene practices and avoid spreading the infection to others. Two, how to lower cholesterol. Lowering cholesterol is essential to maintaining heart health and reducing the risk of cardiovascular diseases. Cholesterol is a fatty substance in your blood that is needed to build healthy cells. However, high levels can increase the risk of heart disease. Firstly, Understand that there are two main types of cholesterol, LDL, low-density lipoprotein, or bad cholesterol, and HDL, high-density lipoprotein, or good cholesterol. High levels of LDL lead to cholesterol buildup in arteries, while HDL helps remove it from the bloodstream. Knowing your cholesterol levels, which can be found through a blood test, is crucial. Here's a comprehensive guide on how to lower cholesterol. Diet Adjustments Reduce saturated fats and trans fats. Saturated fats are found in red meat and full-fat dairy products. Limiting these can reduce LDL cholesterol. Trans fats, often found in margarines and store-bought cookies, cakes, and other snacks, are also harmful. Look for partially hydrogenated oils in the ingredients, a sign of trans fats. Increase soluble fiber. Soluble fiber can reduce cholesterol absorption into your bloodstream. Sources include oatmeal, kidney beans, Brussels sprouts, apples, and pears. Include foods, rich in omega-3, fatty acids. Omega-3 doesn't affect LDL cholesterol, but has other heart-healthy benefits, including reducing blood pressure. Foods rich in omega-3 include salmon, mackerel, walnuts, and flax seeds. Physical activity. Increasing your physical activity can help raise HDL cholesterol. 
aim for at least 30 minutes of exercise five times a week or vigorous aerobic activity for 20 minutes three times a week. Activities include brisk walking, cycling, swimming, or joining a fitness class. Quit smoking. Quitting smoking improves your HDL cholesterol level. Moreover, the benefits occur quickly. Within 20 minutes of quitting, your blood pressure and heart rate recover from the cigarette-induced spike, and within a year, your risk of heart disease is half that of a smoker. Lose weight. Carrying even a few extra pounds contributes to high cholesterol. Small changes add up. Try reducing portion sizes, substituting high-calorie snacks with fruits and vegetables, or reducing sugary beverages. Even a modest weight loss can significantly lower cholesterol levels. Alcohol in moderation. Alcohol has been linked with higher levels of HDL cholesterol, but the benefits aren't strong enough to recommend alcohol for anyone who doesn't already drink. If you drink alcohol, do so in moderation. For healthy adults, that means up to one drink daily for women and two for men. Consider medications. If lifestyle changes aren't enough, cholesterol-lowering medications may be necessary. The most commonly prescribed are statins, which block a substance your body needs to make cholesterol. Other options include cholesterol absorption inhibitors, bile acid binding resins, and PCSK9 inhibitors. Discuss with your doctor what is best for you. Monitor your cholesterol. Regular testing is key to knowing where your levels stand. Generally, it's recommended that adults get their cholesterol measured every four, six years. If you have a history of heart disease or other risk factors, you may need more frequent testing. In summary, lowering cholesterol involves a multifaceted approach, including lifestyle changes and, in some cases, medication. It's a personal journey, and what works for one person might not work for another. It's essential to have regular checkups with your healthcare provider to track your cholesterol levels and risk factors. With determination and the right approach, lowering cholesterol is achievable. Always consult healthcare professionals for advice and treatment tailored to your health needs. Three, what helps with bloating? Bloating, that uncomfortable sensation of fullness and tightness in the stomach area, can be a daily burden for many individuals. It often arises from various factors, including dietary choices, lifestyle habits, and underlying medical conditions. Understanding the causes of bloating and implementing effective strategies to alleviate it can significantly improve your daily comfort and well-being. In this comprehensive guide, we will explore the causes of bloating and provide 10 practical tips and natural remedies to help you find relief. Before diving into the remedies, it's essential to understand what bloating is and what causes it. Abdominal bloating occurs when there is excessive gas in the digestive tract, leading to sensations of fullness, tightness, and sometimes even pain. While bloating is generally not a cause for alarm, it can significantly impact your quality of life. Common causes of bloating. Flatulence, excess gas. Swallowing air while eating, talking, using straws, or chewing gum can lead to the accumulation of gas in your digestive system. Intestinal intolerance. Some individuals may have intolerances to specific foods like gluten and dairy, which can contribute to bloating. High salt and high carbohydrate foods. Consuming foods rich in salt and refined carbohydrates can lead to water retention and bloating. Lifestyle choices. Sedentary habits, overeating, and late-night eating can disrupt digestion and cause bloating. Carbonated or fizzy drinks. 
Beverages with carbonation can introduce extra gas into your digestive system. Digestive conditions. Conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, can lead to erratic food waste movement through the intestines, resulting in bloating. Hormonal changes. Premenstrual syndrome, PMS, can cause water retention and bloating due to hormonal fluctuations. Tips to get rid of bloating. Drink the right fluids. Opt for water and herbal teas over carbonated, sugary, or caffeinated beverages. Limit coffee intake to one or two cups a day. Avoid gassy foods. Reduce consumption of gas-inducing foods like beans, onions, broccoli, cabbage, and carbonated fruits like blackberries and watermelon. Opt for other fruits and vegetables instead. Up your fiber intake. Incorporate high-fiber foods such as whole grain bread, whole wheat pasta, beans, and pulses into your diet to promote healthy digestion. Mindful eating. Eat slowly, chew your food thoroughly, and maintain an upright posture while dining to aid digestion and minimize air swallowing. Stay active. Engage in regular physical activity, such as short walks a few times a week, to keep your digestive system functioning optimally. Avoid culprits. Limit your intake of high salt, high fat, and refined carbohydrate foods, as well as chewing gum. Reserve these as occasional treats. Don't eat too late. Have dinner well before bedtime to allow your body sufficient time to digest food properly. Eating earlier can also help reduce evening bloating. Understanding IBS. If bloating is linked to IBS, consult a doctor for tailored guidance and treatment options to manage your symptoms effectively. Try natural remedies. Peppermint tea or peppermint oil supplements, ginger tea and probiotic-rich foods like yogurt and kefir can help alleviate bloating naturally. Spot your triggers. Keep a food diary for a few weeks to identify foods or drinks that worsen your bloating. Consult your doctor before eliminating entire food groups from your diet. Natural bloating remedies. Peppermint. Peppermint's compounds relax digestive tract muscles, reducing bloating and gas. Consider drinking peppermint tea or taking peppermint oil supplements. Ginger. Ginger's anti-inflammatory properties can reduce inflammation in the digestive tract, providing relief from bloating. Try ginger tea or ginger supplements. Probiotics. Incorporate probiotic-rich foods like yogurt and kefir into your diet to support digestive health and reduce bloating. Water. Staying hydrated helps flush out excess salt and reduces bloating. Avoid fizzy drinks that can contribute to bloating. If bloating persists and lifestyle changes do not provide relief, it's essential to consult a doctor to rule out underlying medical conditions. Seek medical attention if you experience unexplained weight loss, changes in bowel patterns, or notice blood in your stool. In conclusion, bloating can be a daily discomfort, but understanding its causes and implementing these practical tips and natural remedies can help you find relief. Remember that what works for one person may differ from another, so tracking your triggers and reactions is crucial. If bloating becomes a persistent issue, do not hesitate to seek guidance from a healthcare professional to ensure your well-being. 4. What causes low blood pressure? Low blood pressure, medically known as hypotension, is when the force of blood against the walls of your arteries is lower than normal, leading to a drop in overall blood pressure. While high blood pressure, hypertension, is a well-known health concern, low blood pressure can also have significant implications for your well-being. 
This comprehensive exploration will explore the causes of low blood pressure, its potential symptoms, diagnosis, and management strategies. Before we delve into the causes of low blood pressure, it's essential to understand what blood pressure is and how it is measured. Blood pressure is the force exerted by circulating blood against the walls of the arteries. It is typically expressed as two values, systolic pressure and diastolic pressure. Systolic pressure represents the force when the heart beats and pumps blood into the arteries, while diastolic pressure reflects the force when the heart is at rest between beats. A normal blood pressure reading is generally considered to be around 120-80 millimeters of mercury, MMHG. Now, let's explore the factors that can lead to low blood pressure. Dehydration. When the body loses more water than it takes in, it can cause weakness, dizziness, and fatigue. Severe dehydration from vomiting, diarrhea, fever, or high-intensity exercise can lead to a severe drop in blood pressure. Heart problems. Some heart conditions that can lead to low blood pressure include extremely low heart rate, bradycardia, heart valve problems, heart attack, and heart failure. Endocrine problems. Some gland problems, such as underactive thyroid, hypothyroidism, adrenal insufficiency, Addison's disease, and low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, can cause low blood pressure. Blood loss. Losing a lot of blood from a major injury or internal bleeding reduces the amount of blood in your body, leading to a severe drop in blood pressure. Severe infection. Septicemia. Septicemia can happen when an infection in the body enters the bloodstream. This condition can lead to a life-threatening drop in blood pressure called septic shock. Lack of nutrients in your diet. A lack of the vitamins, B12 and folate, can prevent your body from producing enough red blood cells, anemia, causing low blood pressure. Medications. Some medicines can cause low blood pressure, including diuretics, water pills, alpha blockers, beta blockers, drugs for Parkinson's disease, certain types of antidepressants, and medications for treating high blood pressure. Pregnancy. It's common for blood pressure to drop in the first 24 weeks of pregnancy. The circulatory system expands quickly during this period, and blood pressure is likely to return to your pre-pregnancy level after you've given birth. Neurally mediated hypotension. This disorder causes blood pressure to drop after standing for long periods, leading to symptoms such as dizziness and fainting. It primarily affects young adults and children. Postprandial hypotension. This sudden drop in blood pressure after eating happens typically in older adults. It can result from the blood rushing to the digestive tract after a meal, leading to dizziness or faintness. Prolonged bed rest. Lying in bed for long periods can cause the body's circulatory system to become less effective at pumping blood, leading to low blood pressure. The symptoms of low blood pressure can vary widely from person to person. Some individuals with low blood pressure might not have any symptoms at all, while others may experience. Dizziness or lightheadedness. Fainting. Syncope, blurred vision, nausea, fatigue, lack of concentration, cold, clammy, pale skin, rapid, shallow breathing, depression, thirst. It's important to identify the symptoms early and consult a healthcare professional, especially if the low blood pressure is causing noticeable symptoms. The diagnosis of low blood pressure starts with a blood pressure reading and might involve several tests to uncover the underlying cause. These include blood tests, an ECG, electrocardiogram, or a stress test. 
The treatment of low blood pressure depends on its cause. Treating an underlying issue might alleviate the hypotension in cases with an underlying issue. Other treatments involve diet changes like increasing salt and fluid intake, wearing compression stockings to reduce blood pooling in the legs, or medication in more severe cases. Preventative measures can also be taken to help manage and mitigate the risks associated with low blood pressure. This might include staying hydrated, eating small, low-carb meals, standing up slowly, and avoiding alcohol. Regularly monitoring your blood pressure can help catch any changes early and adjust your treatment plan as necessary. While low blood pressure might not seem as critical as high blood pressure, it can lead to dangerous health situations if not properly managed. Therefore, understanding the symptoms, causes, and treatments is vital for those affected by this condition. Regular consultations with healthcare providers are essential for maintaining healthy blood pressure and well-being. 5. What causes warts? Warts are common skin growths caused by an infection of the top layer of skin with the human papillomavirus, HPV. Understanding the causes, types, and treatments of warts requires a deep dive into the nature of the virus, the mechanisms of infection, and the body's response. The human papillomavirus is a DNA virus that can infect humans. Among its many strains, several are specifically known to cause warts. HPV infects the squamous epithelium of the skin, or mucous membranes, leading to the cell's rapid growth on the skin's outer layer, forming the wart. The types of HPV that cause warts are usually spread through direct contact with a wart or with something that touched the wart. Types of warts There are several types of warts, each with unique characteristics and commonly found in different areas of the body. Common warts, Veruca vulgaris. These usually appear as rough, raised bumps and are most often seen on the hands and fingers. Planter warts, found on the soles of the feet, they can be flat and painful due to the pressure of walking. Flat warts. Smaller and smoother than other warts, they can appear anywhere on the body. Filiform warts. Fast-growing warts can appear on the face, usually around the mouth, nose, or beard area. Periungual warts. Found under or around the toenails and fingernails. How do warts spread? Warts can spread from person to person or from one part of the body to another on the same person. The virus is more likely to spread if the skin is damaged or wet, making communal showers and swimming pools common for wart transmission. Sharing towels, razors, or other personal items can also spread the virus. However, not everyone who comes into contact with HPV will develop warts. The immune system plays a significant role in determining whether or not warts will appear. The role of the immune system the immune system's response to HPV is crucial in determining if a wart will form after exposure to the virus. Some people's immune systems are more effective at suppressing the virus and preventing warts. Others, especially those with weakened immune systems, may be more prone to developing warts after exposure. Children and young adults also tend to be more susceptible due to their developing immune systems. Treatment of warts treatment for warts varies depending on their type, location, and the age and health of the individual. Some common treatments include salicylic acid, available in patches, gels, and liquids. Salicylic acid helps peel away the wart layer by layer. Cryotherapy, 
involves freezing the wart with liquid nitrogen, leading to a blister around and under the wart, lifting it off the skin. Surgical removal. Used for larger or more persistent warts, surgical options include cutting the wart off, laser treatment, or electrosurgery. Chemical treatments. Doctors might use chemicals, such as bleomycin or cantharidin, to kill the virus and remove the wart. Prevention. Preventing the spread of HPV and warts involves several strategies. Personal hygiene. Regular hand washing and avoiding contact with warts can reduce the spread risk. Avoiding shared personal items. Not sharing towels, razors, or other personal items can help prevent the spread of the virus. Protective footwear. Wearing flip-flops in communal showers and pool areas can reduce the risk of planter warts. In conclusion, warts are a common and generally harmless condition caused by various strains of HPV. They can appear in different forms and locations on the body, spreading through direct contact with the wart or surfaces that have been in contact with the virus. While the immune system plays a critical role in resistance to warts, treatments are available for those who develop them. Preventative measures are key in avoiding the spread of warts, focusing on personal hygiene and cautious use of communal and personal items. While warts can be persistent, understanding their causes and treatments allows for effective management and removal. 6. Why do I feel nauseous? Feeling nauseous can be an uncomfortable and distressing experience. Nausea is a sensation that often precedes vomiting and is characterized by a queasy, uneasy feeling in the stomach. There are numerous potential causes of nausea, ranging from simple and benign reasons to more serious underlying medical conditions. This article will explore the various factors that can lead to nausea and delve into the physiology behind this sensation. We will also discuss common remedies and strategies for managing nausea. Motion sickness. One of the most common reasons people experience nausea is motion sickness. This occurs when there is a disconnect between what the eyes perceive and what the inner ear senses regarding motion. When you're in a moving vehicle, such as a car or boat, your inner ear may detect motion, but your eyes may not see it, leading to conflicting signals to the brain. This sensory dissonance can result in nausea and may be accompanied by symptoms like dizziness and sweating. Motion sickness is usually temporary and can often be alleviated by focusing on a fixed point or over-the-counter remedies like anti-nausea medications. Viral infections. Nausea is a common symptom of viral infections, including the flu and gastroenteritis. Viruses can disrupt the normal functioning of the gastrointestinal tract, leading to inflammation and irritation. This can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and other gastrointestinal symptoms. In these cases, the body typically tries to rid itself of the infection by expelling the irritants through vomiting. Staying hydrated and resting is essential when dealing with nausea caused by viral infections, and medical attention may be necessary if symptoms persist or worsen. Food poisoning. Consuming contaminated food or beverages can lead to food poisoning, often resulting in nausea and vomiting. Bacteria, parasites, or toxins in contaminated food can irritate the digestive system, causing the body to expel the harmful substances. Stomach cramps, diarrhea, and fever can accompany nausea and food poisoning. It's crucial to stay hydrated and seek medical attention if food poisoning symptoms are severe or persistent. Medications and treatments. Certain medications and medical treatments can induce nausea as a side effect. 
This is particularly common with chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and some prescription drugs. The body's reaction to these substances can trigger nausea, and healthcare providers often prescribe anti-nausea medications to help manage this side effect. It's important to communicate any nausea or discomfort to your healthcare provider so that they can adjust your treatment plan or provide additional support. Pregnancy. Nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, commonly referred to as morning sickness, are experienced by many pregnant individuals. While it's called morning sickness, these symptoms can occur at any time of the day or night. Hormonal changes during pregnancy are believed to contribute to this phenomenon. Although morning sickness is usually not harmful to the baby, it can be extremely uncomfortable for the expectant mother. Various strategies, such as eating small, frequent meals, and staying hydrated, can help manage pregnancy-related nausea. Anxiety and stress. Mental and emotional factors can also contribute to feelings of nausea. Anxiety and stress can trigger the body's fight-or-flight response, which includes increased heart rate and changes in the gastrointestinal system. This response can lead to nausea and even vomiting in some cases. Deep breathing exercises, mindfulness techniques, and therapy may help manage anxiety-related nausea. Migraines. Nausea is a common symptom of migraines, which are severe headaches often accompanied by other symptoms like sensitivity to light and sound. The exact cause of migraines is not fully understood, but they are believed to involve abnormal brain activity and blood vessel changes. Nausea during a migraine attack may be due to the brain's response to pain signals or changes in blood flow. Managing migraines often involves medication to alleviate the pain and nausea. Gastrointestinal disorders. Several chronic gastrointestinal conditions can cause persistent nausea. Conditions like gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, and gastroparesis can all lead to nausea as a result of disrupted digestive processes. Treatment for these conditions may involve dietary changes, medication, or lifestyle modifications to alleviate symptoms. Infections and inflammation. Infections and inflammation of the stomach or intestines can cause nausea and vomiting. Conditions like gastritis, inflammation of the stomach lining, or appendicitis, inflammation of the appendix, may present with nausea as an early symptom. These conditions often require medical evaluation and treatment. Dehydration. Dehydration can lead to a variety of symptoms, including nausea. When the body lacks adequate fluids, the stomach may become irritated, resulting in nausea and discomfort. Dehydration can occur due to illness, excessive sweating, or insufficient water. Rehydration through drinking fluids or, in severe cases, intravenous, IV fluids, may be necessary to alleviate nausea caused by dehydration. Physiology of nausea. Understanding the physiological mechanisms behind nausea can shed light on why it occurs. Nausea is regulated by the vomiting center in the brainstem, which receives input from various sensory organs and systems, including the inner ear, gastrointestinal tract, and certain areas of the brain. When the vomiting center receives conflicting or abnormal signals, such as those caused by motion sickness or irritants in the stomach, it can trigger a vomiting reflex. This reflex involves coordinated contractions of the abdominal muscles and relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter, leading to the expulsion of stomach contents through the mouth. Additionally, the body may produce stress hormones like adrenaline in response to triggers such as anxiety or pain. These hormones can also contribute to nausea 
by affecting the digestive system and signaling the brain's vomiting center. Managing nausea. Managing nausea depends on its underlying cause. Here are some general strategies that can help alleviate nausea. Stay hydrated. Sipping clear fluids like water, ginger tea, or electrolyte solutions can help prevent dehydration and soothe the stomach. Eat light. Consuming bland, easy-to-digest foods like crackers, rice, or applesauce may be helpful when you're feeling nauseous. Ginger. Ginger has been used for centuries to relieve nausea. Try ginger tea, ginger ale, ginger candies, or ginger capsules. Medications. Over-the-counter anti-nausea medications like dimenhydrinate, dramamine, or meclizine, bonine, can be effective for motion sickness. Prescription medications are available for more severe nausea associated with conditions like chemotherapy or migraines. Avoid triggering foods. Clear foods or smells that trigger your nausea. Relaxation techniques. Stress reduction methods such as deep breathing, meditation, or yoga may help manage nausea caused by anxiety or stress. Positioning. If you're experiencing motion sickness, changing your position or looking at the horizon can sometimes alleviate symptoms. Prescription medications. In cases of chronic or severe nausea related to specific medical conditions, your healthcare provider may prescribe medications to manage symptoms. Feeling nauseous can be an uncomfortable and distressing experience. Nausea is a sensation that often precedes vomiting and is characterized by a queasy, uneasy feeling in the stomach. There are numerous potential causes of nausea, ranging from simple and benign reasons to more serious underlying medical conditions. Here, we will explore the various factors that can lead to nausea and delve into the physiology behind this sensation. We will also discuss common remedies and strategies for managing nausea. Motion sickness. One of the most common reasons people experience nausea is motion sickness. This occurs when there is a disconnect between what the eyes perceive and what the inner ear senses regarding motion. When you're in a moving vehicle, such as a car or boat, your inner ear may detect motion, but your eyes may not see it, leading to conflicting signals to the brain. This sensory dissonance can result in nausea and may be accompanied by symptoms like dizziness and sweating. Motion sickness is usually temporary and can often be alleviated by focusing on a fixed point or over-the-counter remedies like anti-nausea medications. Viral infections. Nausea is a common symptom of viral infections, including the flu and gastroenteritis. Viruses can disrupt the normal functioning of the gastrointestinal tract, leading to inflammation and irritation. This can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and other gastrointestinal symptoms. In these cases, the body typically tries to eliminate the infection by expelling the irritants through vomiting. Staying hydrated and resting is essential when dealing with nausea caused by viral infections, and medical attention may be necessary if symptoms persist or worsen. Food poisoning. Consuming contaminated food or beverages can lead to food poisoning, often resulting in nausea and vomiting. Bacteria, parasites, or toxins in contaminated food can irritate the digestive system, causing the body to expel the harmful substances. Stomach cramps, diarrhea, and fever can accompany nausea and food poisoning. It's crucial to stay hydrated and seek medical attention if food poisoning symptoms are severe or persistent. Medications and treatments. Certain medications and medical treatments can induce nausea as a side effect. 
This is particularly common with chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and some prescription drugs. The body's reaction to these substances can trigger nausea, and healthcare providers often prescribe anti-nausea medications to help manage this side effect. It's important to communicate any nausea or discomfort to your healthcare provider so that they can adjust your treatment plan or provide additional support. Pregnancy. Nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, commonly referred to as morning sickness, are experienced by many pregnant individuals. While it's called morning sickness, these symptoms can occur at any time of the day or night. Hormonal changes during pregnancy are believed to contribute to this phenomenon. Although morning sickness is usually not harmful to the baby, it can be highly uncomfortable for the expectant mother. Various strategies, such as eating small, frequent meals, and staying hydrated, can help manage pregnancy-related nausea. Anxiety and stress. Mental and emotional factors can also contribute to feelings of nausea. Anxiety and stress can trigger the body's fight-or-flight response, which includes increased heart rate and changes in the gastrointestinal system. This response can lead to nausea and even vomiting in some cases. Deep breathing exercises, mindfulness techniques, and therapy may help manage anxiety-related nausea. Migraines. Nausea is a common symptom of migraines, which are severe headaches often accompanied by other symptoms like sensitivity to light and sound. The exact cause of migraines is not fully understood, but they are believed to involve abnormal brain activity and blood vessel changes. Nausea during a migraine attack may be due to the brain's response to pain signals or changes in blood flow. Managing migraines often involves medication to alleviate the pain and nausea. Gastrointestinal disorders. Several chronic gastrointestinal conditions can cause persistent nausea. Conditions like gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, and gastroparesis can all lead to nausea as a result of disrupted digestive processes. Treatment for these conditions may involve dietary changes, medication, or lifestyle modifications to alleviate symptoms. Infections and inflammation. Infections and inflammation of the stomach or intestines can cause nausea and vomiting. Conditions like gastritis, inflammation of the stomach lining, or appendicitis, inflammation of the appendix, may present with nausea as an early symptom. These conditions often require medical evaluation and treatment. Dehydration. Dehydration can lead to a variety of symptoms, including nausea. When the body lacks adequate fluids, the stomach may become irritated, resulting in nausea and discomfort. Dehydration can occur due to illness, excessive sweating, or insufficient water. Rehydration through drinking fluids or, in severe cases, intravenous, IV fluids, may be necessary to alleviate nausea caused by dehydration. Physiology of nausea. Understanding the physiological mechanisms behind nausea can shed light on why it occurs. Nausea is regulated by the vomiting center in the brainstem, which receives input from various sensory organs and systems, including the inner ear, gastrointestinal tract, and certain areas of the brain. When the vomiting center receives conflicting or abnormal signals, such as those caused by motion sickness or irritants in the stomach, it can trigger a vomiting reflex. This reflex involves coordinated contractions of the abdominal muscles and relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter, leading to the expulsion of stomach contents through the mouth. Additionally, the body may produce stress hormones like adrenaline in response to triggers such as anxiety or pain. 
These hormones can also contribute to nausea by affecting the digestive system and signaling the brain's vomiting center. Managing nausea. Managing nausea depends on its underlying cause. Here are some general strategies that can help alleviate nausea. Stay hydrated. Sipping clear fluids like water, ginger tea, or electrolyte solutions can help prevent dehydration and soothe the stomach. Eat light. Consuming bland, easy-to-digest foods like crackers, rice, or applesauce may be helpful when you're feeling nauseous. Ginger. Ginger has been used for centuries to relieve nausea. Try ginger tea, ginger ale, ginger candies, or ginger capsules. Medications. Over-the-counter anti-nausea medications like dimenhydrinate, dramamine, or meclizine, bonine, can be effective for motion sickness. Prescription medications are available for more severe nausea associated with conditions like chemotherapy or migraines. Avoid triggering foods. Clear foods or smells that trigger your nausea. Relaxation techniques. Stress reduction methods such as deep breathing, meditation, or yoga may help manage nausea caused by anxiety or stress. Positioning. If you're experiencing motion sickness, changing your position or looking at the horizon can sometimes alleviate symptoms. Prescription medications. In cases of chronic or severe nausea related to specific medical conditions, your healthcare provider may prescribe medications to manage symptoms. It's important to remember that persistent or severe nausea especially when accompanied by other concerning symptoms such as fever, severe abdominal pain, blood and vomit, or signs of dehydration, should be evaluated by a healthcare professional. These symptoms may be indicative of an underlying medical condition that requires treatment. In conclusion, nausea is a common and often uncomfortable sensation that can result from various causes, ranging from motion sickness and viral infections to anxiety, gastrointestinal disorders, and more. Understanding the underlying factors and the physiology of nausea can help individuals better manage and alleviate this distressing symptom. While many cases of nausea can be managed with self-care and home remedies, it is crucial to seek medical attention if nausea persists or is associated with severe or concerning symptoms. 7. How long does food poisoning last? Food poisoning is an unfortunate and sometimes uncomfortable experience that many of us have encountered at some point. It occurs when harmful microorganisms such as bacteria, parasites, and viruses find their way into our food, leading to distressing symptoms. While the duration of food poisoning can vary based on the specific microorganism responsible, it generally lasts anywhere from a few hours to a few days. However, in some cases, it can persist for weeks. The onset of food poisoning symptoms is not immediate. Depending on the type of microorganism involved, it may take as little as a few hours or as long as a few days for the first signs of illness to manifest. To better understand the duration of food poisoning, it's essential to consider the various causes and their respective timelines. Staphylococcus aureus, staph. Staph-related food poisoning typically sets in rapidly with symptoms appearing within 30 minutes to 8 hours after exposure. Fortunately, this type of food poisoning usually resolves within a day. Salmonella. Symptoms of salmonella infection may take anywhere from 6 hours to 6 days to appear, and they typically persist for about 5 to 7 days. Norovirus. 
This highly contagious virus usually leads to symptoms within 12 to 48 hours after exposure and lasts one to two days. E. Coli. The incubation period for E. coli-related food poisoning is around three to four days after exposure, and the illness can linger for five to 10 days. Listeria. Listeria food poisoning has a longer incubation period, with symptoms emerging two weeks after exposure, but fortunately, it usually only lasts one, three days. It's important to note that the duration of food poisoning can also depend on factors such as the individual's immune system, age, and any pre-existing health conditions. For instance, parasitic food poisoning, like Giardia, may take two to six weeks for symptoms to surface, and the illness can last longer in individuals with compromised immune systems. The key to preventing food poisoning lies in practicing good food safety measures. These include washing hands thoroughly with soap, disinfecting kitchen utensils and surfaces, separating raw meat from produce, ensuring food is cooked thoroughly, refrigerating leftovers promptly, and paying attention to expiration dates. Additionally, if you're ever in doubt about food safety, it's best to err on caution and discard it. Regarding treatment, mild cases of food poisoning can often be managed at home with rest and plenty of fluids to stay hydrated. Oral rehydration solutions and electrolyte drinks can be beneficial in replenishing lost fluids. However, medical attention may be necessary in severe cases or if symptoms persist for an extended period. Doctors may sometimes prescribe antibiotics, and over-the-counter medications can help alleviate nausea and vomiting. Knowing when to seek medical care is crucial, especially if you experience severe symptoms such as diarrhea lasting more than three days, a high fever above 102 degree F, frequent vomiting leading to dehydration, or an inability to keep liquids down. Pregnant women, individuals with pre-existing health conditions, and those with compromised immune systems should be particularly vigilant, as complications from food poisoning can be serious. In summary, the duration of food poisoning can vary widely based on the causative microorganism and individual factors. While it typically resolves within a few days, some cases may persist for weeks. Practicing good food safety habits and seeking medical attention when necessary are essential steps in managing food poisoning effectively and ensuring a speedy recovery. 8. How to Stop Snoring Snoring commonly affects approximately 45% of adults. It may seem harmless, but snoring can lead to various issues, including disrupted sleep for the snorer and their partner. Moreover, a significant percentage of snorers are at risk of developing a more serious condition known as obstructive sleep apnea, which can have severe health consequences, including an increased risk of heart disease. While many over-the-counter products and treatments are marketed as snoring solutions, it's crucial to approach this problem cautiously and consider natural remedies and lifestyle changes before resorting to them. Let's explore effective natural solutions and lifestyle changes to help you or your loved ones stop snoring. Change your sleep position. Lying on your back during sleep can cause the base of your tongue and soft palate to collapse to the back of your throat, leading to the vibrating sound of snoring. Sleeping on your side can help prevent this. One practical solution is to use a body pillow, which supports your entire body, allowing you to maintain a side sleeping position. This simple change can make a significant difference in reducing snoring. Tapping tennis balls to the back of their pajamas can be effective for those who struggle to avoid sleeping on their back. This discomfort encourages them to stay on their side. 
Alternatively, adjusting the bed to elevate and extend the head can open nasal airway passages, potentially reducing snoring. However, be cautious, as this position may lead to neck pain. If snoring persists despite changing sleep positions, it is essential to consult a healthcare professional as it could indicate underlying obstructive sleep apnea. Lose weight. While not a universal solution, weight loss can help alleviate snoring for many individuals. It's important to note that snoring is not exclusive to overweight individuals. Even thin people can snore. However, weight loss may be effective if you have gained weight and started snoring. Excess weight around the neck can narrow the throat's internal diameter, making it more likely to collapse during sleep and trigger snoring. Avoid alcohol. Alcohol and sedatives relax the muscles in the back of the throat, increasing the likelihood of snoring. To minimize snoring, it is advisable to abstain from alcohol consumption, especially within four to five hours before bedtime. Even individuals who do not snore regularly may experience snoring after drinking alcohol. Practice good sleep hygiene. Poor sleep habits can exacerbate snoring, much like alcohol consumption. Working long hours without adequate rest can lead to overtiredness, causing deep and heavy sleep and floppier throat muscles and snoring. Therefore, it is crucial to prioritize good sleep hygiene practices, such as getting enough sleep and maintaining a consistent sleep schedule. Open nasal passages. Keeping your nasal passages open can be beneficial if your snoring originates from nasal congestion. When your nasal passages are clear, air can flow more smoothly, reducing the likelihood of snoring. You can use a hot shower before bedtime to help open nasal passages. Additionally, keeping a bottle of saltwater rinse in the shower and rinsing your nose can further aid in clearing nasal passages. A neti pot can rinse nasal passages with a saltwater solution. Nasal strips are another option that can lift nasal passages and increase airflow if the issue is in your nose rather than your soft palate. Change your pillows. Allergens in your bedroom and pillows can contribute to snoring. Dust mites, for example, accumulate in pillows and can cause allergic reactions that lead to snoring. It's essential to clean and replace your pillows regularly to minimize allergen exposure. Additionally, if you have pets, Allowing them to sleep on the bed can lead to breathing in animal dander, another common irritant. To maintain a healthier sleep environment, put your pillows in the air fluff cycle every few weeks and replace them every six months. Keeping pets out of the bedroom is also advisable to reduce allergen exposure. While some special pillows designed to prevent snoring may work by propping up your head to address nasal issues, they can also cause neck pain. Therefore, it's important to exercise caution when considering such products. Stay well hydrated. Staying well hydrated can prevent secretions in your nose and soft palate from becoming stickier due to dehydration, potentially reducing snoring. According to the Institute of Medicine, women should aim for about 11 cups of total water intake per day, while men should aim for about 16 cups. In conclusion, Snoring is a common issue that can significantly impact sleep quality and overall health. While numerous over-the-counter solutions are available, it is essential to approach them cautiously and consult a healthcare professional if necessary. Implementing natural solutions and lifestyle changes, such as changing sleep positions, maintaining a healthy weight, avoiding alcohol before bedtime, practicing good sleep hygiene, opening nasal passages, changing pillows, and staying well hydrated 
can make a substantial difference in reducing snoring and improving the quality of sleep for both the snorer and their partner. 9. What causes preeclampsia? Preeclampsia is a multifaceted condition that affects some women during pregnancy and, if left untreated, can lead to severe complications for both mother and baby. Here's an in-depth look at what causes preeclampsia, divided into sections for better understanding. Introduction to Preeclampsia Preeclampsia is a pregnancy complication characterized primarily by high blood pressure and often significant amounts of protein in the urine. While the precise causes are not entirely understood, it's recognized as a condition that stems from issues related to the placenta, the organ connecting the mother's blood supply with her unborn baby. The Role of the Placenta In normal pregnancies, the placenta develops after fertilizing egg implants in the uterus. It forms a complex network of blood vessels to nourish the growing baby. However, in cases of preeclampsia, these blood vessels don't develop or function properly. They are often narrower and respond less effectively to hormonal signals, reducing blood flow. This inadequate circulation can impair the placenta's function and release toxins into the mother's bloodstream, instigating preeclampsia symptoms. Genetic and environmental factors. Preeclampsia often affects families, indicating a genetic predisposition. Environmental factors, such as diet, lifestyle, and possibly stress, may also play a role. However, no genetic or environmental cause has been identified, suggesting a combination of factors contributes to the risk of developing the condition. Health and lifestyle influences. Certain pre-existing health conditions significantly increase the risk of developing preeclampsia. These include chronic hypertension, diabetes, kidney disease, and autoimmune disorders. Lifestyle factors such as obesity and a history of hypertension are also linked to higher rates of the condition. First-time mothers, those pregnant with multiples, and women over the age of 40 are at an increased risk as well. Racial and socioeconomic disparities. Studies have noted racial and socioeconomic disparities in the incidence of preeclampsia. These disparities are likely due to a combination of genetic susceptibility, differences in healthcare access and quality, and varying levels of chronic stress and health conditions. Symptoms and diagnosis. Preeclampsia can start with mild symptoms, often detected during routine prenatal visits. As the condition progresses, symptoms might include severe headaches, changes in vision, upper abdominal pain, and sudden weight gain. A diagnosis is typically made through blood pressure readings and urine tests to check for proteinuria. Managing and treating preeclampsia. The only definitive treatment for preeclampsia is the delivery of the baby, which may necessitate a preterm birth depending on the severity of the condition and the gestation period. Management before delivery includes monitoring the mother's and baby's health, managing blood pressure, and treating complications to prolong the pregnancy as long as it's safe. In conclusion, preeclampsia remains a complex condition with multiple contributing factors. Ongoing research continues to explore its causes and develop more effective management and treatment strategies. Early detection and careful management are crucial for the health of both mother and baby. Women with any risk factors should be closely monitored throughout their pregnancy to ensure any signs of preeclampsia are caught and treated early. 10. How contagious is strep throat? Strep throat, caused by the group A. streptococcus bacteria, 
is a common bacterial infection that primarily affects the throat and tonsils. It is infamous for its contagious nature, particularly in school and daycare settings. This article aims to comprehensively understand strep throat's contagiousness, including its transmission, symptoms, complications, and prevention strategies. Strep throat is characterized by various symptoms that can vary in severity. The most common symptoms include a painful sore throat, fever, and swollen glands in the neck. Other symptoms may include pain when swallowing, red spots on the roof of the mouth, petechiae, swollen tonsils, and a red rash on the body known as scarlet fever. While strep throat is more prevalent among children aged 5 to 15, it can affect people of all ages. Transmission. How does strep throat spread? One of the key aspects of strep throat's contagiousness is its transmission mode. Strep bacteria are easily spread from person to person through respiratory droplets. These droplets are released when an infected person coughs, sneezes, talks, laughs, or sings. Additionally, strep bacteria can live in traces of an infected person's saliva or nasal discharge. The primary ways strep throat can be transmitted include inhaling droplets in the air. When an infected person expels respiratory droplets, those nearby can inhale them and become exposed to the bacteria. Direct contact. Strep bacteria can also spread through contact with an infected person's respiratory secretions. This can occur when shaking hands or touching surfaces contaminated with these secretions. Sharing items. Sharing items like cups, plates, glasses, or eating utensils with an infected person can lead to transmission, although this mode is less common. Touching infected skin lesions. If an infected person has strep-related skin conditions, touching the affected area can transfer the bacteria. It typically takes two to five days for someone exposed to group A strep bacteria to develop strep throat symptoms. It is important to note that some individuals can carry strep bacteria without exhibiting symptoms, making them potential carriers and spreaders of the infection. Symptoms of strep throat. Strep throat symptoms can be distressing and often include severe sore throat. The pain can be intense and may make swallowing difficult. Fever. Strep throat is often accompanied by a fever, typically above 101 degrees Fahrenheit. Swollen lymph glands. The glands in the neck may become swollen and tender to the touch. Other symptoms. Additional symptoms may include headache, stomach pain, nausea, vomiting, and a red rash in the case of scarlet fever. It is essential to distinguish strep throat from viral infections, as symptoms like cough, runny nose, hoarseness, and conjunctivitis, pink eye, are more indicative of viral illnesses. Contagiousness and strep throat. Strep throat is highly contagious, particularly in close contact settings like schools, daycare facilities, and households. Several factors can influence the contagiousness of strep throat. Timing. Strep throat is most contagious during the first two to three days of illness or until 24 hours after starting antibiotic treatment. After this period, the risk of transmission significantly decreases. Close contact. The closer the contact with an infected individual, the higher the risk of transmission. The likelihood of spreading the bacteria in group settings like schools is more significant. Asymptomatic carriers. Some individuals may carry strep bacteria without displaying symptoms, making them potential sources of infection without realizing it. Preventing the spread of strep throat. 
Preventing the spread of strep throat is crucial to reducing its impact on individuals and communities. Here are some effective preventive measures. Good hygiene practices. Encourage regular hand washing with soap and water, especially after coughing, sneezing, or using the restroom. If soap and water are unavailable, an alcohol-based hand sanitizer can be a suitable alternative. Cough and sneeze. Etiquette. Teach proper cough and sneeze etiquette by covering the mouth and nose with a tissue or the upper sleeve or elbow to minimize the release of respiratory droplets. Avoid sharing personal items. Discourage the sharing of personal items like utensils, drinking cups, and towels, as these can facilitate the transmission of strep bacteria. Stay home. When sick, individuals diagnosed with strep throat should stay home from school, work, or daycare until they have taken antibiotics for at least 24 hours and their fever has resolved. This helps prevent the further spread of the infection. Strengthen the immune system. Promote a healthy lifestyle that includes adequate sleep, a balanced diet, regular physical activity, and up-to-date vaccinations, as a robust immune system can help protect against infections. In summary, strep throat is a highly contagious bacterial infection that primarily affects the throat and tonsils. Various factors, including the transmission mode, symptoms, and preventive measures, influence its contagiousness. While strep throat can be distressing, prompt diagnosis, appropriate antibiotic treatment, and adherence to preventive strategies can significantly reduce its spread and associated complications. Understanding the contagious nature of strep throat empowers individuals and communities to take proactive steps in mitigating its impact. If you are facing any medical issue or problem, Moby Doctor offers convenient access to healthcare professionals through telemedicine. You can consult with experienced doctors from the comfort of your home and receive medical advice, prescriptions, and guidance for various health concerns, making healthcare accessible and hassle-free.